Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution, where myself, a podcaster, Nash Moore, another podcaster, Jared Laverne, a third podcaster, makes up a team of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, interviews other podcasters to talk about their experience, their journey, why they got started, the trials, the tribulations, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. I am your host this week, Will Tarashuk, it's T's and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K, and this week we're going to get a little spooky, we're going to get a little bit different, we're going to take over to the side of the paranormal with my guest, Lee uh, Marianne, excuse me, from the Walking the Shadowlands podcast. Marianne, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Will. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, this is going to be an interesting take because I know a lot of people love the paranormal podcast, the paranormal everything. So you probably have a lot of people right up your alley. And it's kind of fitting we're talking about paranormal because you are calling me from the future right now. I am indeed. It is December, as of recording this, it is December 30th in the afternoon over in New Zealand. It is. Yep. December the 30th. And it's um, Tuesday over there, correct? Yes. Today is Tuesday in the States. So I'm definitely from your future. I like that. Uh, tell me what, well, your future's looking really bright and beautiful at the moment. I hope so, because it's cold here. It's it's cold, but the holidays are over, so that's a sigh of relief. Um, but we're not here to talk about the weather. We're not here to talk about my size of relief. We're here to talk about your podcast. So your podcast, Walking the Shadowlands, is a podcast all about is about all things paranormal, unknown, unexplained about things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams and sometimes your waking hours. Areas such as cryptozoology? Did I read that right? Creep. To to UFOs, my personal favorite, abductions and cattle mutilations, black-eyed kids, haunting to near-death experiences, reincarnation, and many more subjects. So, Marianne, I have to ask you, how, how, how did you start this podcast? What What gave you the idea? Well, to answer that, I'll give you a bit about background about me. I, um, I've been an experiencer of star people my entire life, um, also a sensitive and a medium. And so this, the Shadowlands has been a part of my life as long as I can remember. So for me, it's just as much a part of my life as breathing is. So I've always, to me, it's never been anything different, if you understand what I'm saying. So the the star, you said the star people? What are the star people? Extraterrestrials, I call them star people. Okay, so like, yeah. okay, so like aliens, flying saucers, yeah, aliens. big green yeah. heads. Uh, I haven't seen any green heads, but I've seen a few <laughs> big ones. So, so did you always have a fascination with, I guess, the extraterrestrial, the paranormal, the idea of, I guess, life after death? Well, yes, because for me, it was my everyday reality. So, well, not so much a fascination, it's just that it was my everyday reality. So I grew up kind of walking with one part of me in normal everyday quote reality and part of me in the shadowlands which is why I called my podcast walking the shadowlands part of the shadowlands are, are, are kind of like areas where p- 
people kind of are hesitant to look at. It fascinates them, but it scares them at the same time. Okay, now is the Shadowlands like an actual place, or is that a, is that a term you coined, much like star people? Yeah, it's a term I coined. Or star people, I've always called them star people since I was a little kid because they're people and they're from the stars. Right. So what exactly, I guess, where is the Shadowlands? How can one enter? Like you said, you entered the Shadowlands. What, is that, what does that mean? Well, the Shadowlands, that's just a term, but it's a terminology for everything unexplained, unknown, okay. mysterious. Okay. I like that. I like that. I'm going to start using that, the Shadowlands. Um, so that's the name of your podcast, Walking the Shadowlands. Um, was that your great. first choice? <laughs> it was, was that your first choice? We kind of was like, you know what? There's this one had a great one, but it was kind of taken. Like, how'd that, how did that name no, stick? That w- it came about because I have a group, a Facebook group called Walk in the Shadowlands. And uh, it, the podcast started because members of my group kept asking me if I would create a podcast to talk about my experiences and share my knowing with people. And it took me a while, and finally I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love doing my podcast. I've met some amazing people through it. Mm. Now, are uh, your guests mostly from that Facebook group? No. No, not at all. I I, I think I've had um, a couple of anonymous people shared experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but no, no, no. My guests come from all over the world. In fact, this afternoon, I'm interviewing a guest for who's a very famous guy, and he's just put out, uh, um, well, recently put out a documentary movie that's actually number two in the world at the moment. So I have people from all over the place approach me him I approached but I have people approach me about the experiences or books they've written stuff like that mm-hmm. okay so what made you want to start this podcast so podcasting okay what made you want to do a podcast in general well my group members asked me if I would okay and, and I-, I have had um like I used to do voiceovers I lived in the states for a while in North Carolina in a beautiful little town called Waxhaw uh, just out of Charlotte, and I did voiceovers while I was there, voiceover work, you know, for advertising and for radio stations and stuff like that, and I loved it, and I kind of missed doing it uh, because, of course, in the States, my voice was quite exotic, mm-hmm. my accent to what is normally heard, so I did quite well. But when I came back to New Zealand, I did I did miss doing my voiceover work. And then when the members asked me, I thought about it for quite a while. And I thought, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do this. Okay. Now, and so I pretty much taught myself how to do it. Did you have any and, podcast inspirations? Any other podcasts, like paranormal podcasts out there you listen to? It's like, you know what? I I can do that. No, I've never – I had listened – to one podcast, and it was a murder podcast. My daughter, because my daughter liked it, but it's, it was never really my thing. I've always been kind of really busy uh, with other things going on, so I never really listened to podcasts, to be honest. Mm. But you had experience in voice acting. Now, with that experience, did it make it easier 
to start a podcast, right? Did you have like, you know, this mic's a little bit better. Right? I kind of know my way around. Like I guess I've, I've seen engineers kind of like use like a soundboard or whatever. Did, did, that, did that experience as a voice actor help you when it came to starting your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I had the confidence to know that I would have no trouble voicing it. Um, you know, technical stuff, I'm not a great technician, um, but I do everything myself. I had enough basic knowledge to be able to do it. So I wasn't really worried about it. My my concern was, would people find my podcast interesting enough to listen to? Well, you never know until you start, right? Exactly. <laughs> you never know until exactly. you start. You can't let something like that. That's the thing. Like when people tell me this thing on starting a podcast, like, well, I don't know if everyone's going to listen to it. It's like, well, you don't. You can't think of that. Like you don't know until you actually yeah. do it. You never know what's going to take off on the internet. People love especially this kind of genre, people love this stuff. They absolutely adore absolutely. it. There's been TV shows about it for decades about this paranormal stuff. So there's definitely, there's definitely an audience for it. So I'm glad you weren't afraid. You weren't overwhelmed. Um, so how do you handle the technical stuff then? If, you, if it's not your expertise, it's not your forte, how do you handle the technical, technical aspects of it? Well, my podcast um, quality has improved over the time I've been doing the podcast. It's been a bit of trial and error, really. Um, I think I'm handling it okay at the moment. <laughs> I know it could still be improved, um, but I work on a very shoestring budget. So, um, like, I'd really like a, a new mic, um, but, you know, these things just happen when they happen, when you can afford them. Mm-hmm. The one I've got works well at the moment. All right. So how long have you been doing the podcast? When did you start? I started oh, way over a year ago now. Um, I can't remember when my – probably – it's over a year anyway. I can't remember exactly when I started it. Probably closer to 18 months now. Okay. So a year and a half. Um, and how often, yeah. how often yeah. do you release episodes? I I when I initially started I was doing them weekly but it was just too much for me uh it because I do up to 30 hours research for each episode and then you know I voice it edit it transcribe it so and and update my website I do my website as well so it's just it was just too much so I've cut it back to every two weeks so I release an episode now every two weeks and is is the website associated with the podcast Yes, it is. It's www.walkingtheshadowlands.com. I could have guessed that. Walkingtheshadowlands.com. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 18 and months. I, I created. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, 18, 18 months. You said 30 hours of research per episode? Up to, up to 30 up hours. Up to 30 yes. hours? That's. Absolutely. That's a lot. What are you, what are you researching for thirty hours? Like after hour ten, you should be like, oh, I can I can bang out an hour podcast. I can bang out three hour podcasts with ten hours of research. What are you researching for thirty hours? Well, the the one I did for thirty hours was actually is still on my most top ten listened to episodes, and that was an episode called "A Glitch in the Matrix: A Holographic Reality." And in it, I went into quantum theory, the physicists who are studying it, um, not just people's experiences of glitches in the matrix, but 
but also the theories behind it and um, a little bit about holograms and I talked about parallel dimensions. So I wanted to have all of this, as much information as I could have that I could give to people so because when I do my podcast I don't I don't say this is how it is I just present what information I have and let people make up their own minds uh, so I really wanted to have all this research and links to the research and links to videos of these uh, astrophysicists talking about parallel dimensions and stuff like that so that was why that one was 30 hours. It was like writing a mini thesis. Mm. Wow. 30, you make, you're, making, you're making me look bad. I, I do about like, well, throughout the week, maybe three, four hours tops. That includes all the YouTube videos I watch, all the notes I do, all the articles I read from some of my other podcasts. So you're making me look bad. 30, that's incredible, <laughs> 30 hours. Um, so the paranormal I've, I'm sure you've heard a lot of crazy stories. So give me a few of your favorite. I, I, know, you, I know you've mentioned one, and uh, in your emails to me, you mentioned I listened to a few of those as well. Um, so tell me about those and some of your other favorite episodes and why. Oh, I can't remember, can't remember what episodes I, I sent to you in the link. Um, oh, I'll, paranormal. I'll um, oh, escaping from Eden and a glitch in the Matrix, a holographic reality. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So escaping from Eden's not really paranormal. That falls under UFOs. Um, however, one of my uh, funniest ones, because not all paranormal is scary, was one that I did in season five. I'm currently in season six. And it was called um, I Meet a Ghost at Gettysburg. And I interviewed this wonderful chap, had such an amazing sense of humor. He's a well-known author in the States, and I can't for the life of me think of his name, and I apologize for that. Um, he was just an amazing, amazing chap. He's a, a Civil War reenactor. He's written numerous books, and before his experiences, he was a total skeptic. So he brought this, and it initially started like this, he brought this house, an old historic house that he had loved since he was a kid. And when he moved into it, he discovered it was haunted. And so he talks about his experiences. And one of the funnier ones was that when they were working on restoring the home, um, because the house was in such a bad state, they had no power to it. So they either used lamps or he had a genera an outside generator that he would use to power his tools and to light the place while they were working on it at night. In any case, he brought this radio to use while he was in the house and it kept changing stations. He was trying to listen to a particular station that kept changing and so he thought it was the faulty, faulty radio. So he went and brought another one. And the same thing happened this one particular night. He was trying to listen to, I think either he was trying to listen to um, a game of some sort or he was trying to listen mu to music and it kept switching to the game. I can't remember. Anyway, he finally got fed up and said, look, stop changing the station. I like, oh, okay. He was listening to the music and the thing kept changing to this game. 
Um, and he said, look, stop. Stop doing this. He finally had enough. He said, stop doing this. I like this music. I want to listen to it. So mm-hmm. stop doing it. So a few minutes after he said that, the power went out in the whole house. The radio didn't change, didn't turn off. The whole power in the house went out. And he went out to the generator and discovered that it hadn't run out of gas. Somebody had switched it off. It had been switched off. Um, And there was nobody there but him at that time. There was nobody on the property but him. So he switched it back on, went back and finished his work, and he had no issues for the rest of the night. But that was just kind of like a spirit showing their sense of humour. Interesting. So, so that was that, that was a funny one. I, I found it quite funny the way he said it because um, you could tell he was really frustrated with radio going on and off the whole time. And he said it played, um, it was some game that was featuring a team that he didn't like, mm-hmm. rivals to his team. So that's what he found quite funny about it. But, yeah, that wasn't scary at all. His episode wasn't really a scary one. It was it was humorous and it was quite touching, actually. Well, not not all experiences with the paranormal or the the uh, the star people, as you call them, need to be all doom and gloom. Sometimes, no, people, not a, sometimes not at all. I was looking not for a smile all. on their face. Um, so, have you absolutely have you ever had experiences yourself with ghosts, spirits, star people? Uh, Oh, I've had heaps of experiences my entire life. Um, I can tell you of a couple of experiences that I had. Um, One time I was a nurse for most of my working life, and one time I worked in this private Catholic hospital. Now, this was way before the nun movies came out. This was back in the, I want to say late 70s, early 80s, somewhere around there. And um, I used to work night shift, which was from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And I was always by myself on the board, except for a supervisor who would come round from time to time. And every so often during the night, one of the nuns would just who couldn't sleep would come round and check on us and make sure we were okay. So anyway, I was in the sluice room, which is the room where we empty the bedpans and stuff like that, emptying a bedpan, and I had the my, I was facing the sluice bench and the door to the room was on my left. Now, I shut the door to try to minimise as much noise as I can while I'm working in the sluice room because it can get quite noisy when you're rinsing and putting uh, pans in the steriliser to be sterilised. So I had I had the door shut and out of the corner of my eye, I see this nun standing there tall, thin, she had uh, an old-fashioned black habit on with the, I don't know what they're called, with the white thing that goes around the face and under the chin and the the veil that goes right down over her shoulders. And she was standing there with her hands crossed looking at me and she looked a little bit uh, pissed off actually and I thought, oh God, am I making too much noise? So I just thought, okay, so I I finished what I was doing because I was in the middle of rinsing and I had to stop. And I thought, oh, I'm in for it. So I finished what I was doing. Then I turned around to face her and she wasn't there. And there was 
the door was shut. The, if she had gone out, it would have been flapping, but there was nobody there. Just, I just about peed myself. It gave me such a fright. I had to stand there in the bathroom, in the sleuth room for a couple of minutes and regain my composure before I could go out. And of course, I couldn't talk to anybody about it because being a Catholic hospital, it's not something you can go around right. talking about. Oh, hey, <laughs> did you see the ghost of that nun? <laughs> Try and exercise you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that was one experience. Another experience I had during the day. This was in the in oh, probably in the late nineties. Um, I was with my then husband and my youngest daughter, and I was doing genealogical research. And we were going up to this old graveyard in the town where I used to live called Hamilton, which is kind of in the centre of the North Island of New Zealand. And we were driving along this graveyard because I was trying to find some family graves. And in this graveyard, because it's an old graveyard, they had all the headstones that were really high, you know, like monumental stands, you know, so high enough for people to hide behind that sort of height. Um, when they were standing, so they were quite quite big um, grave grave markers, and there was a road that went up between between the rows, and we were driving up really slowly. It was only about like ten kilometres an hour, something like that, which was the speed limit, and there was a car coming up behind us, and I was driving. My husband was in the left seat, and my daughter was in the back, and all of a sudden. And this was during the day, I can't remember what time, during the day, um, this tall, thin woman stepped out in front of the car. She had on a skirt and what we call a twin set, which is a, t a top with a matching cardigan. Mm -hmm. And she had pearls around her neck, very 40s, very 40s looking. And she stepped out right in front of the car and I slammed on the brake and and I thought, oh my God, I've hit her. There was no way I could miss her because she was right in front of the car. And I, I sat there shaking for a minute and, and Jay turned and looked at me and said, oh my God, Marianne, you must have hit her. And we both got out of the car, went round to the front and there was nobody there. And as, as we're standing there, this guy behind us had slammed on his brakes and he came running us up and said is she okay is she okay and we said did you see her too and they, he said yes it wasn't your fault she just stepped right out in front of you you couldn't stop and there was nobody there so so four of us four of us saw this woman step out and disappear pretty much and we thought, oh, we were all pretty, like, taken back by this. And we had a look at the tombstones, and, and, and she had stepped out from her tombstone. There was a photo of her on there. Hmm. That's, that's terrifying. <laughs> it just disappears. You see a picture by a tombstone. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in my apartment and not have any ghosts visit me, visit me here. So you that had... That one was scary because I thought I'd hit her. I literally thought I'd hit her. So you you have a so, lot of guests on your shows. Actually, all of them have guests, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, are there any stories that the guests tell that you're just like, no, not buying it. <laughs> just this this one this one can't be real. 
I, you know what, I can't honestly say that I've had a guest who who I've ever felt was being dishonest or disingenuous. No, uh, I, I don't know if it's luck or, or what it is, but the people that I've had on my shows have all been very genuine about what they experienced, how it made them feel, uh, you know, to the point of having them crying while they're telling me. Mm. Um, so no, I, I ha- can't say I've ever come across that yet. It's not to say I never will. Um, but it's not my place to judge. I'm just here to share these stories. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, I, I'm also glad you didn't mention names if there were any. <laughs> I wouldn't want to throw anyone on the bus. Yeah. Um, so no, how do you have. how do you how do you find the guests? How do you get people interested in coming on and telling their stories? Because I'm looking at your list here on your website, and there is an extensive list of a lot of diverse people here. Yeah. Uh, well, first, when I first started, it was a matter of going to the sites that. Um, offer podcast guests um, and having a look around. But now people, and and I still do from time to time, but now people come to me, um, they approach me. There's only one person that I've approached that hasn't approached me just recently, and that's because I'm interviewing him actually after we finished. He's a a very uh, big-name producer, and he's just produced a documentary that is currently number two in the world. Uh, and I'm really excited about talking to him. So, but mostly people find me. Or, you know, I might see a book that looks really interesting and I think that they would make a great guest and I'll approach them. Mm-hmm. But generally, um, people approach me these days, mm-hmm. thankfully, because <laughs> it's a lot of work finding guests. What's what's one of your favorite topics? Because I'm looking at one right now, near-death experiences, which to me is one of the most fascinating topics just of life, just the idea of near-death experiences and, you know, seeing the light, your brain just rushing out all the uh, dopamine it can give you. Like, do you have a right. favorite? do you have a favorite topic you like to talk about or is it kind of just come one, come all? Well, every topic I'm discussing at that point in time is my favorite. Mm. Um, There's nothing that I discuss on the podcast that I don't enjoy. But talking about near-death experiences, probably one of my favorite episodes. And the one that touched me the most is called Shine On from Season 5. Now, this was a chap's near-death experience. Uh, He had... Oh, it was, honestly, I cried the whole time I was interviewing him. It was so hard. I'm so grateful that I don't have, that I don't use video because I just, I was struggling to remain sort of professional when I was talking to him. He was so touching, so sincere, so humble. This was a chap that had a massive, massive accident and it was all over the UK um, television. He he was saying goodbye to a, a friend of his on the train and he stepped off because the train was about to leave and his coat got caught in the train door and he was pulled off the off the station and under the train. Really horrific, horrific accident. 
and they got him to a hospital and he died in the hospital and he had this wonderful near-death experience and he came back with gifts that he never had before he had his accident like after when he had his near-death experience, he came back with the ability to paint the most beautiful paintings mm. and compose symphonies. Lovely, lovely music. And, of course, he's been left with physical disabilities from the accident. And eventually he wrote the book, or he had a ghostwriter write it because he's dyslexic. And it's just the most amazing story really truly touching and the fact that he even survived the accident survived the train going right over him is pretty amazing that that was the one that touched me the most amazing are there any topics that you haven't covered yet that you really want to find a guest and talk about oh yes uh cattle mutilations i haven't done that yet that's one that i've been uh, that's been on my back burner for some time because not all UFO experiences are positive and um, and I would never want to portray them as, as just being positive. My experiences have been, but not everybody's are, and I'm very aware of that. So that's a subject that I would like to um, talk about with somebody at some stage and maybe maybe talk to somebody about the Skinwalker Ranch as well because I find that place fascinating. Mm. Now, is there ever a time where guests are maybe uncomfortable talking about something or it's kind of hard to get a straight answer talking about their experiences? And if so, how do you deal with that? I've never, I've never had anybody um, not give me a straight answer. Um, I don't know if it's luck or if it's the way I approach them. I have had guests that have difficulty talking about stuff because it's emotional for them, mm -hmm. um, because they still have fear or it just touches them deeply on a soul level. And, and I just, what I do is I just acknowledge their feelings because you know, it's important and, and it's something that was so traumatic or touching or loving to them that, that I often find myself, um, you know, shedding a tear or two with them. And I think that's part of my history of being a nurse. You know, you empathise with people. You try and see where they're coming from. And I guess because I can do that, um, it's easier for people to talk about stuff that's emotional to them. Have you ever talked with like psychics or uh, hypnotists? No, I never have. No. And, and it doesn't really fall. Um, psychics, I won't promote any psychics or mediums on my show. I've had numerous approach me, but I will not promote them huh. because I don't promote people who do that to make money because um, that's a business. Interesting. And I just and I don't know the quality of their work. I don't know if they're genuine, so I'm not going to promote anything like that. All right. Okay. I like actually. I like that. I like that. It's it's 
you got you got to draw a line somewhere. And when the people who have been proven to be scams in the past, he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to pass on this one. Yeah. So yeah. do you just do you just do not believe in psychic abilities? Oh, no, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sensitive myself. But, you know, the, like you said, there's so many vulnerable people yeah. out there that I'm not going to promote somebody who I don't know is genuine, who I don't know is there with the right intent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Most that have come out, come across are just there to promote themselves. Right. And they right. don't really care about other people so much. It's a business. No, that we can definitely agree on. So who do you, th- who do you think would like your show and who would benefit most from your content? Like who's your target audience? Well, you know, honestly, when I started, I didn't have a target audience. I didn't have an avatar type person I wanted to um, target I never went with anything like that I just went into it and I figured people who are interested people who of any age who want to who are interested in finding out more who have questioning minds those are the people I guess uh, who would be interested in in my sort of show Hmm. And what do you think your audience, what do you want your audience to take away from your episodes they listen to? Well, really, my episodes are, are firstly to educate and obviously to entertain because if they're not entertaining, people aren't going to listen to them. But I try to educate people as much as I can about these topics and then I leave it up to them to make up their own minds. You know, I just present the facts. All right. Well, Marianne, I'm very happy that you do a podcast like this. It's very interesting. The stories are, a lot of them are really intriguing. And I hope you continue doing your podcast. But until then, I want to thank you so much for being here on the show with me. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed myself. I'm very glad. And tell the people where they can find your podcast and how they can support you. Okay, my podcast is on all free podcasting platforms. Um, So Apple um, tune in, Spotify, all, all the big stations. Or if you have Alexa, simply say uh, Open Walking the Shadowlands and it will play the latest episode for you. I ha- I'm on Instagram, Walking the Shadowlands. I have my website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com. I'm on Twitter at Shadowlands10. I also have a Facebook page. Simply walk in the Shadowlands and a Facebook group, Walk in the Shadowlands. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Marianne from the Walking the Shadowlands podcast. Thank you very much again, Marianne, for being here. That will wrap it up for another episode of the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. I am your host, your founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, Will Tarashuk. Uh, if you like what you heard here and you want to hear more, go to ambiguouspodcastsolution.com and check out all of our other content, all the other podcasts on our network. If you are a podcast and want to be on this show, Reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com and either myself, Jared Laverne, or Nash Moore will be the one to interview you. Interview you. If you want me to interview you, you like, you like my style, you like the questions I ask, the hard-hitting questions, feel free to email me at will at APSpodcast.com and we can schedule it. But until then, Marianne, thank you very much. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next time with a brand new host, a brand new guest. But until then. You take care.